so stupid, he comes across in front of me every single time he ever takes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Scott Dixon wins in Texas. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Welcome back, IndyCar. Hello and good evening, and welcome to episode 243 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbourhood host, Mr. Andre Harrison, and a motorsport series in America we actually massively care about is back! Hooray! Yeah! It's back! The race race was starting the mediocre. Oh. This was the best five out of ten race I've seen in months. I think five out of ten is being a little bit generous. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll get into it, but like, this race had literally everything stacked in its favor to be terrible, and we'll probably cover every single reason on why it could have been a zero out of ten. Yeah, like, the fact we salvaged five, two of those points com- came from a certain someone been there in the pits. We'll get to that later. But in the meantime, let's introduce oh, the, rest of our es- um, the rest of our esteemed panel. First and foremost, Mr. Ryan King. Hello, sir. Yes, glad to be here. Quarantine's almost over. Now, to- that's the thing. that If you're in our Discord server, you can actually now watch us video record these podcasts now. So We are now literally, after years of joking about it, we are now literally a visual medium. And King has tremendous facial hair. Holy shit. Uh, the man has now got a two-inch thick beard. It's, it's, uh, it, it is impressive. I, I, I joked before we started recording, it looks like Dr. Cornell West. It's fantastic. <laughs> man, I, I didn't think the Stanley Cup playoffs were going to last this long. <laughs> um. <laughs> King has the full playoff beard. Like, the only reason it's taken so long is he's part of the MLB Owners Club. Um... <laughs> Also among us in the room is Mr. R.J. O'Connell. Hello, sir. Hi, everyone. Uh, just uh, trying to conceal uh, potentially losing the uh, the hairline game. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how bad that's looking or not, folks. Hey, um, good, good afternoon. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for stopping by on our Blackout Tuesday episode that those who watched and eventually listened when it went up on the podcast feed. Uh, to our new fans that we've gained along the way, welcome. You're in for a treat. You're in for something different on this, the internet's only motorsport podcast. Of course, th- th- there's no other ones that exist. No hot takes required. No, no sitting around the desk or anything like along those lines. No game show formats like back in the day. Um, <laughs> we 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 we're the only show that that matters. Apparently, um, sorry, the you're stuck one. with us now. Um, like, don't worry, we gained all those new fans by being racially diverse and honest and open about it, and we're going to lose them all via bad motorsport takes. You're welcome. <laughs> and- nah, there's Mac, cause we're right. <laughs> King's off to a good start. He's being radical already. Uh, and finally among us, also with tremendously bad hair, is Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Um, when my hair dries out, I've got the quarantine Valentino Rossi going on on my head. For a hey. it's, uh That's like a young Valentino Rossi a, at this point. It's a very yeah, young... Yeah, actually, you're not, not wrong. 
It's a very young mid two thousands Valentino Rossi. It's like a eh, I uh, I uh, I bad Sete Gibana off the apex. Uh, this is the races. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ac- accurate to how I've been racing on Sims the past couple weeks. Sadly, that's like the only motorsport impression I'm actually even moderately good at. Um, and that even, even that is debatable at this point. I'm just, but, uh, yeah, I'm just out here just, uh, mourning the loss of my favorite, uh, factory GT program, which we'll get into on the show. Uh, it hurts. Uh, it hurts a lot. More pains, more cancellations, more moving around. We'll get into that into the new section later on in the show, but, uh... On a slightly serious note, as RG alluded to earlier, a special thank you to everyone that did check us out over the course of last week, whether it be my initial video on Black Lives Matter and in motorsport and the subsequent live stream we did a couple of days later on Blackout Tuesday, um, just talking about race relations in motorsport, racism in general, gentrification. It touched the base of a whole lot of stuff that that's uh it, it's it quickly spiraled out of control mostly my fault um on <laughs> on that one but a special <laughs> thanks to everyone that checked that out everyone that was following me i was quickly very good to say listen follow king for, for god's sake the stream was his idea I, I i just tagged along for the ride um and a, a special thanks to chain bear who is more popular than God in the motorsport community for retweeting and sharing us. Um, that was very, very much appreciated from him. Um, shout out as well to Jack Nichols, who did a brilliant job of, um, of just out of nowhere, just realizing he'd watched it and then he just plastered it on his Twitter account. The next thing you know, I'm like 50 followers up. It's It, it was... Uh, it was crazy. Um, I now have to support Wolverhampton Wanderers FC now, thanks to Jack Nichols. So, uh, <laughs> cheers, Jack. Um, I, I, I don't know if you're listening to this, but I do really appreciate it. Uh, I got I, I, the the humble brag moment for me and Kings when we found out that Jenny Gal was following both of us. It was like, oh shit. Like we made it now, boys. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> it's the big time. <laughs> what? It's like that. We are accomplished. Accomplished motorsport journalism it's like it's like that one vine back in the day one black guy make it we all make it we're coming out the hood now <laughs> but long time listeners <laughs> long time listeners know exactly what i'm talking about here but special thanks to everyone who who watched and listened of course please continue to keep up the good fight there's a lot of genuinely good things that have happened due to the protests and and putting the pressure on many establishments already. Um, too many to name in this intro, to say the least. But uh, Derek Chiffon's um, charge being upgraded, Minneapolis's police force being disbanded, um, you know, Britain's had a revolt and starting to tear down racist statues, which I fucking appreciate. Well done, Bristol. Oh, yeah, just, uh, oh, yeah. just today, uh, a Christopher Columbus statue in Boston got beheaded. Beautiful. Love to see it. Delicious. Um, another statue in Virginia right. I saw got put in a river. And uh, yeah, I love it. So yeah, <laughs> keep the pressure on people. This is working. More hmm. of it. Do not let up. So thank you for everyone that's been watching, sharing, donating, all that good shit. Much, much appreciated. Um, please, please keep it going. Thank you very much. Because this, this will not be trending Absolutely. In the coming days, but the cause is not going to go away anytime soon. Oh yeah, um, certainly not. 
Indeed. Places you can find us in the meantime, real quick, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, where, as I mentioned earlier, that live stream um, talking about race stations and motorsport is up in its entirety up on YouTube and on the podcast network as well, but you probably already knew that if you're listening to us. Um, so that's mm. already up there as well um, in full. So thank you very much to RJ for, for turning that around super fast for us. Um, we're on Facebook.com. Also, on YouTube as well, there's a bunch of new videos up there as well, a lot of it regarding the news, which we'll get into Man's has been cranking on. out videos like they're going out of style. <laughs> yeah. Video content. Dre's getting back to his roots. Yeah. I, I think I might have finally found the format that works, which is literally the laziest format imaginable of sitting in a chair and talking about motorsport. Like, I don't do that here enough as it is. Um, but apparently <laughs> you guys seem to like it, so, hey, it works. Let, let me help you help me help you. Um, there's a great video on there about Polar Spagger I, I did, I did a, earlier this week. I'll hopefully oh. try and find some time to get some more stuff out maybe next week. Unfortunately, I am back at work next week because Boris Johnson is a uh, nugget yeah. that insists on pulling us out of a lockdown early. Um, but yeah, um, I am back at, I am back in the bookies on Monday, but hopefully I will continue to try and find the time to make vids here and there. So please stand by me. I am trying to figure it out. I promise I will do the best I can to do that. We're on facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And if you'd like to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric Beard, and at C Buckley 917. Um, <laughs> that's Ryan Eric King. I, I don't know what I could have possibly said instead. Um, and if you really, really like us, you could back us fight actually on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of our episodes before they are available. $10 gets you the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded now with Facecam. We apologize for nothing. Um, <laughs> with us, uh, we've got Tony here, we've got Charles, we've got Vince, James coming all the way from Australia. Jason, the Polish shuckle is here. Vic and Zoe, who interrupted our recording, and, and that totally won't make the outtake real at the end of the year. Thanks, Zoe. Um, heathen. Um, <laughs> and thanks we to love you, to- Zoe. Yeah, on occasion. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, that's great. And um, again... King may or may not have dropped a link to join the server a few days ago. If you dig up his, oh, it's dead now. Oh, it's dead now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it only lasts like twenty four hours. Yeah, it's a twenty four hour thing, and then you got to resend it. You already missed it. You already missed it. If you're listening to us, this was seasonal content, and if you weren't there for the first release of it, you can't get it later. Apparently, getting this Discord invite was about as unlikely as winning the Ben and Jerry's Chunky Donkeys that came out last week. It was. It was oh, super, why do you have to bring them up? It was super, super exclusive, and only about fifteen people made it in. I don't know how that could have possibly happened. Oh, uh, no, I went. You're food talking shopping. about. You're talking about radical progressive later. organization, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I will cook. I will cookie though to like. It's never like. It's always a wild sign that they're going to ruffle some feathers. Where the first page, the first picture on their page is a picture that says, "We must tear down white supremacy," and I'm just like, "Well, shit." Okay. <laughs> this is a. This is a much. Far better statement than any any capital B brand has put out like the last uh, two weeks. That said, Sony um, Sony obviously they delayed their PlayStation Five event until yeah. what will be tomorrow, 
And in the responses of very, uh, very angry gamers, Sony was going hard in the paint in people's replies. (laughs) Which they should, because capital G gamers were a mistake. Also, (laughs) since you are listening to this after the launch of the uh, PlayStation 5 presser, I've got to say... The new Wipeout rebook looks high. Don't do that what? to me, RJ. That's just that's 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 just punching me in the dick. Why do you want to do that to me, man? Come on now. No, no because I you heard said inside, that. I... No, no, you said that. Now we're just gonna get Ratchet and Clank <laughs> remake four, which I'm still fine I... with, but still. <laughs> Look, it hurts me too. It hurts me. I a hope lot. you can see me doing this because I'm doing it as hard as I, I can. can. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but uh, no, no. As a result of that, it will not delay the new wipeout. It will just put the new F Zero off another twenty years. Uh, oh! And on that painful note, here's a musical interlude, and we'll talk about the return of IndyCar for the Mega Drive 300. There's a deep correction that needs to be made. Apparently, it was the Genesis 300. Sorry, I was in the wrong region. What can I say? Um, it's a it's a problem. It is a to problem. To be fair, it's, you were in every region outside of America. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one of those things. Anywho, gentlemen, IndyCar is back. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, oh, actually, this was... actually, this kind of sucked. Yeah. But it's back. So. But it was great to be back. Yeah. It's great to be back. We needed this in our lives. Uh, this race will not age well and no. has not aged well outside of the moment. Yeah, it's, outside of not context, Scott, not if, this race not was... Scott uh, Dixon's fault. Oh, yeah. Scott Dixon is just doing his job. Scott Dixon. Stacks uh, on stacks Scott on Dixon, stacks. endless. Man just went out there and seal clubbed everybody. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, as I mentioned in the intro, the more things change, the more they stay the same, and Dixon dropped the can on everybody on this one. Um, didn't qualify on pole, um, that would be Joseph Newgarden, that's, uh, the, on the last run of the day, um, earlier on in the Phenomenal afternoon. Phenomenal qualifying effort by Newgarden. Indeed, but... Uh, it really was. But it was all as for saw... in the end, because, uh, Dixon Yeah, as we, would... as we ended up seeing... The uh, all that new garden pace was over one lap, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when, when the race came around, it was Dixon that basically was always able to find a way to chop to the front with some pretty bold moves. It's like you know, it's a good sign, and you're feeling dialed in when on the opening lap you're going around the outside of Simon Pagano into turn one to, to take second. We should explain why it was so ballsy to go around the outside. During this yeah, race, it's Texas. Yeah. Look at all the space. <laughs> that was this was one groovy race. Oh. I can't take credit for that. So, the outside groove of Texas over the last couple of years has been slathered with what's called PJ1. This is traction PJ1. compound used by NASCAR to try and create a multi-lane racetrack because. Naturally, for stock cars with modern NASCAR Cup cars, it becomes a one-groove track. Normally, this isn't a problem for other series. Traction Compound. Now, where else is Traction Compound used? What Um, other racing applications? Drag racing, including the drag strip of Poor Judgment. Oh, yeah! Our old buddy is back. (laughs) Yeah, because Traction Compound doesn't just uh, just stick to tires. 
It also sticks to dust. When you try to wash it off of the surface, it sticks to the track and causes the track to retain a lot of heat in the hot summer day of Texas. Yeah. And the outside groove was completely undrivable. Yeah. Yikes. I think that's what did Felix Rosenquist in, because uh, we'll talk about this more. Man, Felix Rosenquist had a phenomenal race. He looked like the only person that could hang with Scott Dixon all day. And then he tries to get around lap traffic with uh, less than 10 laps to go, gets up in that outer groove, which you can tell on the television that looked like so much darker than the inside lane. He gets up in it, loses it, and his race is over. This was very much a processional outing. Now, I will say, I think a lot of us were dreading, like, a disaster happening Mm. in this race. Especially with, you know, tires that aren't built to the specifications of the circuit. uh, As we discussed last time out. But, fair play. It was no major incidents. No life-threatening incidents. Well, I do have to say. It's it's fair to say that the stint limits worked yeah. no one yeah no one pushed their tires to a point where it would cause any problems oh, sorry sorry to cut you can but then didn't people go over that 35 lap limit at one point no because no, no, it was no, 35, no, 35 green flag laps so ah, sometimes they would yeah. run over with caution but not on ah, green i see flag laps. i see yeah thanks for the yeah, sorry carry on king so like notably in the race joseph newgarden was about to hit the limit and a yellow came out for debris <laughs> Oh yeah, and I was going to say that Joseph Newgarden's car was destroying tires. After All the Penske laps. cars were. It looked like Paginot had a similar problem. They didn't have long run pace in the car. I think they were able to get it out of Paginot's car after I think the second stop, because after that he was able to keep some pace in the car. Newgarden, after 15 laps on a set of tires, was really really struggling. Yeah, and then poor Will Power because his crew. Couldn't oh. get all the tires on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, he had a pit stop blunder that took him off the lead lap. Yeah, Will Power uh, drove away with uh, three wheels on the wagon. And he was and not he the, only the only one. To do this. Get out of my head, RJ. <laughs> Never. Um, one, Santino Ferrucci also drove away from the pit box with three wheels on the wagon and broke something while doing so. <laughs> that's a tire. And it is race. <laughs> fucking Dre's face. Oh my god. Sorry, I couldn't help but laugh after the redacted put, in a, put a brilliant puff piece in the middle of a Black Lives Matter protest talking about how Ferrucci might be challenging for the title. <laughs> I take no pleasure in this. I need to, uh, need to write a letter to them. A cease and desist. Yeah, did did they just forget that Michael Cannon, uh, Santino's safety blanket last year, now works on Scott Ditson's pit bots? And boy, that's paying immediate dividends. Pretty oh, well to like the point nah, where... Nah. Um, last fr- year was 100% Santino. I was going to say, it's How do you say that without throwing chats? up all over your camera? <laughs> How do you say that without throwing up all over your camera? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but... um. Yeah, and in fact, Dale Coyne did not have a good weekend. Ferrucci actually withdrew from qualifying because they were so far off the pace. Yeah. Uh, had that issue in the race, and poor Alex. Alex Palo Montalbo. This was not a good weekend to be a rookie. No, mm. it was a baptism of fire for a lot of people for the obvious reasons. This was obviously far from ideal conditions out there. A very difficult oval at the best of times, let alone now where... 
a dirty track, no running. You know, a lot of these guys had had very limited running, if any, at all going into this. It's an oval race. It all adds up. It's a it's a hot mess, and uh, it, it yeah, and uh, Renus especially. Renus crashed in qualifying pretty heavily. Renus crashed in practice. It was a heavy yeah. crash. He made oh, yeah. it through qualifying and then uh, got up in a, a well above that uh, that greasy PJ one lane and uh, in the process inadvertently took out outs Pelu. Uh, learning ovals in these cars is hard, especially when your only experience on an oval track in a full blown Indy car is well the day of the race. Yeah. yeah, because remember the only testing they got was on road courses like Coda and Sebring. Not yeah. ideal, and um, it showed for a couple of them. Another driver who fell victim to the PJ one was Takuma Sato, last year's pole winner at this race. He Takuma Sato wrecked in qualifying. Yeah, he went out in qualifying, went up on the PJ one, and just ate shit immediately. Didn't even get to the uh, center of turn one, and the car was already around crashed hard enough that it white it wrote the car off of the race yeah who who wants to say it not now sato there it is <laughs> not now you missed sato. it unfortunately yeah you, you missed it didn't you you did it's, it's okay you can say you missed it <sighs> his car looks so good but unfortunately their only backup car was a road course car they tried to repair the primary, but there was just too much damage. Yeah, they, they, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it fixed in time. Um, and yeah, that was just... Uh, it's, it, it was what led up to a very messy race where only 10 cars saw the lead lap at the end. Um, and yeah, that was the extent of the weekend, essentially. It was a messy one. But, you know, not a classic by any stretch. But uh, let's, run down the real, let's run down the running order real quick. Winning from the front... Scott Dixon, the maximum 53 points available on that one because he did lead more laps than anybody else as well. You're- 47 career victories. Yep. He's now got 16 consecutive seasons with a race win and 18 for his career. I should point out he is only five short of Mario Andretti for second on the all-time victory list. Crazy. Dixon's not even touched 40 yet. He's ageless. Yeah, he, like, Dixon's been doing this for 20 years, and he's still so good at this. It's ridiculous. This is the exact sort of dangerous, like, unpredictable race that, that Dixon can find a way out of and win. He's just utterly insane. Oh, and he was he was big mad about these tire stint limits, so I think he was just like, well, I can't really conserve, I can't really out-strategize anybody, so I'm just going to drive faster than everybody and bend the field and break them over my knee like he Bo t- Jackson's baseball bat. Yeah, he took out that anger on the whole field. Yeah, that was a beating. Of, 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 that was a beat him down of epic proportions. Simon Pagano second. He was 4.4 seconds further back down the road, which uh, is, is extensive. Uh, Joseph Newgarden on the podium in third. He'll take that given his struggles in the race itself, I'm sure. Matching his career high finish. Well, if you like Elf on a Shelf, get ready for Veach, not at the beach. He was in fourth. A great day for Zach Veach. Veach looked good this weekend. Veach looked very, very solid. He looked good weekend. all day. And the thing we want to see is him being able to string more of those results together. Because it's the consistency in those top five, top eight, top ten finishes that's been missing. Hmm. Did look good all day. Let's see if he can string that together. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Oval, oval master Uncle Ed Carpenter in fifth place. 
Um, good to see him back up the front again. Connor Daly in sixth. Good day at the office for him. Um, great drive. Great- Great to see him up there again. Fantastic. Yeah, great to see Daly up there. Colton Herter in seventh, no Infinity Gauntlet this week. Ryan Hunter Ray in eighth. A great first at debut and top rookie on the day. Oliver Askew in ninth for Schmidt Peterson. Great result yeah. for him. Very gritty, underrated performance for Askew. And if I can circle back to Daly, you know, here he is driving the notoriously oval deficient Carlin Racing setups oh, yeah. to a top six finish. No, it's a friend of the podcast. David Lamb made the point that Connor could be one of the best oval specialists on the grid at this point in time. He's bringing cars. And the more performances I see like that, yeah, the more I see like that, it's like. That's that's a valid statement. Yeah. I can't yeah. argue with that. Yeah, he's bringing those cars performances that they don't deserve. Yeah, these ovals he has driven around lately, he's been very good. Going back to the last half of the season when he was with AJ Foyt racing still. I remember he was in the top 10 at Gateway there, and that Foyt had no business being up, up there at all. I think the car had a nosebleed after he parked it up. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> a great drive from Daly on the day. 10th, uh, the Ironman, Tony Kanaan in, in the beginning of his retirement tour. Um, good result from him in the, the in 7-Eleven car. In, oh, the 7-Eleven car looks mm. gorgeous. Good times. Mm. Mm. My favorite livery from the good old IRL days. It's your favorite livery on a car that actually looks good for a change. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's a beauty. Um, Instead of being it. a good livery on a crap wagon, it's a good livery on a great car. Indeed. Good day at the office for Charlie Kimball in the left. Probably deserved it a little bit better than that on the day. It looks very solid out there. He did. Crashed on the last lap, but he was he was passing Penske cars on pace. Yeah, Kimball looked good out there. It's a real shame, again, he, he had a final lap <laughs> crash because Kimball was... Was yeah, he had top five speed pretty much all day. He was he was right up there. Um, I think every time he passed the Penske, uh, AJ Foyt bought another bulldozer. Yeah, we're we're declaring an upgrade. We have upgraded Kimball from Draconian to slightly below average Kimball again. Congratulations, Charlie. Um, Pato Award is 12th, Will Power 13th. As mentioned, bad day in the pits for him. Will it be Marco Andretti's year? Not if he's finishing in 14th. Alex Rossi, 15th. Jack Harvey, 16th. Graham Daddy Ray Hall in 17th. We did, I don't think we mentioned this on last week's show, but uh, uh, is his, his part in the Courtney's pregnant? Hey, congrats to, congrats to them. Um, we also, we were joking about this on, on this before we started recording as well, that uh, other fellow former IndyCar man, Gabby Chavez, um, his partner, also named Gabby, the jokes write themselves, um, they're also expecting as well. So congratulations to them and anyone else that clearly is having quarantine babies. You love to see it. Um, <laughs> what if they uh, named we... their kid Gabby too? Yeah. Gabby Jr. Oh, God. Let, let that legacy continue. Uh, yeah, James Hinchcliffe, who we didn't mention last week, he's back full time. Great to see. He, with the Andretti was boys. having a pretty Maybe good not, race. Not 100% full time. Woo! Yeah, not quite. But he was having a good race. You know, getting back into it because obviously he didn't get to test earlier this year. Mm. And he had an issue, I believe, in the pit stop, which put them down a couple laps. So. Performance performance was better than the result. There were a lot of Hondas that had some weird issues before the race. Like, just as the cars were rolling off, you could see guys like Rossi and Hunter Ray. Like, it's kind of a miracle that Hunter Ray finished eighth, considering he was one of a few cars that got a drive-through penalty for unapproved changes 
at, at, before they even took the green flag. Ray Hall had the same thing happen to them. Yikes. All of them just happened to be powered by Honda. Coincidence? Oh, God, let's not have a return to the uh, Super GT season opener of 2017. Oof. Oh, yeah, when those uh, when those Hondas were running, oh, man. Oh, yeah. They got some power this year. Indeed, that'll be fun to watch on the, on, on the ovals for sure. Felix 20th, Santino Ferrucci 21st, as mentioned, the uh, mechanical foul up in the pits where, uh, let's just say it was the old free wheels on your wagon trick. Um, Renus VK, who was already pissed off the boss after a scrappy first race in 22nd. Alex Pader, who unfortunately was collected in that incident as well. And not now, Takuma, at the bottom, didn't even take the start. Because again, as mentioned, the car was too badly damaged um, to take the field after qualifying. I'll keep the points brief. Scott Dixon with a 13-point lead on Joseph Newgarden. Sorry, sorry, Simon Patchen, I should say sorry. And Joseph Newgarden, a further three points back on 37, 40, and 53, respectively. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this race could have been a complete disaster. Instead, it was okay. We'll take it. It was, it was, it was a very sedate race. It was better than terrible, but worse than good. But... They did a million and a half viewers on network television, which is which is pretty awesome. That's one of the highest rated non-Indianapolis 500 races. I think it's the highest since 2016. Yeah, in context, it's good to have IndyCar back. That's the best yes. thing I think we can say about it. Yeah. Just don't give us races like this on a week-to-week basis. Please. Well, we're going to have to not. wait a little while for that because we're not going to be racing again till Independence Day weekend on July 4th. So we're going to be out for another three Ooh, weeks. Will Smith's going to be there. <laughs> of course. And uh, that's when it's going to be really busy in here because we're going to have five races in 15 days after that one. So uh, IndyCar will be coming thick and fast um, in the month of July. But yeah, they'll be on high. I mean, from- that weekend's going to be huge, period, because not only you have uh, at at the Brickyard itself, you have IndyCar and NASCAR. The well doubleheader. As well in Formula 1 that week, as well as in Formula 1 that weekend, they're at the Red Bull Ring, and that's their comeback weekend, yep. and Formula 2 will be there, as well as Formula 3. Indeed. So, Boys, yeah. drink your coffee. Yeah, it's, it. <laughs> it's all coming back the first week of July, and that's when IndyCar will return, as well as Formula 1, fingers crossed. So yeah, IndyCar, you get the we're just happy you're here exemption for one round. Don't do it again. Uh, so uh, after this quick musical break, we'll be back and we'll talk all the news. And we have some uh, orange and zesty MotoGP rumors. Mm. If we ever have a platform to go on Hot Ones, by the way, can I volunteer as tribute? <laughs> I'll let you. Yeah, yeah. You know what, RJ? You, you, you knock yourself out. That's all yours. Like, although, the supporters chat, who would you most want to see on an episode of Hot Ones? Leave your comments below. Um, I'll, I'll address that at the end of the episode. Right. The news, and we're starting with more MotoGP, and silly season has exploded with a humdinger. Boom! And uh, this, okay, I need to stress at the start, this is still only a rumor, but it's come from 
Simon Patterson and Toby Moody, two of the very best in the business. So if they're saying it, I'm going to take it as kosher. I, I because don't uh, they don't normally get this wrong. You still have to put the the quarantine handicap in, where it's like, we have such a long span, with no races, we, we gotta fill the site somehow. Yes. You know, mm. sometimes... The rumor might not be as strong as it normally would be. Right. Yeah, but if this goes down, like, it's going to be wild. And if this doesn't go down, people can listen back to this like, Boy, you remember these idiots thought that Paula Spargirl was going to Repsol Honda? Oh, shit, Paula Spargirl might be going to Repsol Honda, y'all. Um, yeah. This is big. This was reported out of Spanish media last week. It's funny because we kind of hinted at it on last week's recording where we mentioned that Paul did say he was actually open to leaving KTM if a factory Ducati or Honda seat had become available. And, well, guess who made it available? Hello, Alberto Puig. Are you at it again? I think you're at it again, sir. He's Um, always at it one way or another. I I, I posed this question before, but, like, how... But, like, he sounds like the motorcycle version of Dr. Marco. I wouldn't go that far, but he's certainly similar in the sense of treating his riders like pieces of meat. Um, and yeah, I'll say he's, he's probably... Marco forms a good relationship with at least one person in the program. Alberto mm-hmm. doesn't form a good relationship with anyone. Yeah, mm. this is an interesting one because obviously, as we know, Mark Marquez has you know signed the four year deal a couple of months back. Um, alongside him, well, here's the interesting thing: Alex Marquez was was called in to replace the retiring, or so we thought, Jorge Lorenzo at the end of November. They had to buy Marquez out of a deal where he was going to st- he was going to stay at Mark VDS in Moto Two and try and do a Zarco and double up for Moto Two titles, but. At the 11th hour, given obviously the emergency that, you know, Repsol Honda needed their replacement for their seat, they bought Marquez out of that deal and were able to plug him into Repsol Honda. Now, let's not forget, we have not turned a a wheel in anger yet in MotoGP this season. And Alex Marquez has effectively already been dropped because Paul Espagna will be taking his seat for 2021. And keep in mind as well, HRC came out and openly said that Alex's data and testing was actually better than they were expecting. Well, either well, either they're lying or they're just trying to find a cover-up to bring in Paul Spagaro. Now, uh, me personally, because everyone asks me as the bike guy on this show, what do I make of it? And, I've, and if you want to see my full extended thoughts on that, you can go check out the YouTube video on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. But what I will say right now is, if you take the emotion out of this... It's an excellent move from Repsol Honda. I can't deny that Paul Espargaro, we've mentioned it before on this show, is the best bad bike rider on the planet. And a bike that is known for being notoriously bad is the current Repsol Honda, given that it is so specialized in favor of Marc Marquez. Everybody else seems to have problems with it. It requires a rider that really, they're constantly having to override the front of the motorcycle to get any speed out of it. And the problem is that when you do that, you run the risk of crashing. Well, the other bike on the grid that has that trait is, of course, the KTM RC16. Yeah, it's it, on and we've paper. We've seen Paul has been able to do. Paul has been able to do things on that KTM. Sorry, King, that that KTM has no business doing. Yeah, 
the Polar Spagaro has had KTM's only podium finish since coming back to MotoGP. He had a front row start at Misano last season in qualifying. Mm. That was the first time they qualified in the dry on the front row of a grid. Um, he was in the top six at Le Mans last year as well. He ran oh, Johan Zarco out of that team. Yeah, yeah every, wow. everybody, everybody's uh, favorite popular Frenchman all of a sudden. Um, yes, uh, Paul Espargaro is a monster. He is a brilliant rider. He just t- he turned 29 yesterday, actually, believe it or not. Happy birthday to Paul. Um, that's a hell of a birthday present, mm. if I do say so myself. Um, it's weird to think that he's 29. Because he's, he's he's been in the top Yeesh. flight now since since bloody twenty was it twenty fourteen because he was the twenty thirteen yeah. Moto two champion yeah. a year after Marquez graduated so this is this is this is coming up to year seven for Polar Spagro in the top flight which is just terrifying to even take on board that oh my god he's been he's closer to a decade in Moto GP already um, but yeah this is on paper an excellent move by Repsol Honda. However, I think it's a fair question to ask. Does Puig really want to alienate his team chemistry all that much by basically dumping Alex Marquez before he's even turned a wheel in anger? Why does this feel like a repeat of what happened with Valentino in 2003, where Honda was patting themselves on the back constantly for building a great bike and not giving Valentino enough credit. Why does this feel like Alberto's trying to get more Hondas in the top five to stomp out the idea that Marquez is the only reason why they're winning? Yeah, it, like I, 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 to a degree, I get it. I mean, let's be honest, Marquez pretty much won the Triple Crown for Repsol Honda on his own last season. Like, he scored... Oh, he did. Yeah, he scored 420 out of the He had the single greatest t- season, points-wise, in the top flight. Yeah, by... By 37 points. Like, by more than a race in hand over, over Jorge Lorenzo's 3 8 3 in 2010. It was the single greatest season in the history of the sport. However, he also did score about 90% of his team's entire haul for the year. Lorenzo only had like 40 odd that season. Um, well, and the and only other time a Honda touched the podium was what? Crutchlow in uh, Australia? Yeah, yeah. Is that a good segue to talk about? Well, if polls, if poll is going to KTM, yeah, big if at thing. this point. I think but, this yeah. is very key as to if this actually alienates Mark or not. Because you also have to remember when these when these rumors came out about Alex going to the top flight came out in the first place. There was also the rumor that Mark was advocating for for Alex to not be placed with the full factory Honda team. It's a good point. It's a good point. And there is now heavy rumors that Alex Marquez, in compensation terms, will be moved to the LCR satellite team that's alongside them. But even that comes with potential difficulty because Lucio Ciccinello, that runs LCR Honda, has made it openly clear. He wants to keep both his riders. He likes Cal Crutchlo. He's always stood by Cal Crutchlo. He's still a solid runner that can get on the podium semi-regularly and occasionally challenge for victories. And the second bike is only on the on the grid because of Iremitsu back in Takanakagami and the nature of wanting a Japanese rider in the top flight. That's the only reason Taka is in the sport right now. Okay, that's a bit harsh because Taka is a decent rider that's been in the top ten yeah. for a lot of last very season. Good. At the but, end of the day, oh. you've got a limited number of Hondas, and if all four of them are spoken for, what happens? 
that opens up, like, the question circling back. Did Alex Marquez get placed at the factory team just on the basis of them not having anywhere else to put him? Well, it was a very convenient yeah. hole to fill if that was the logic. Because, again, if it wasn't going to be Alex Marquez, who were they going to have on that second bike? Stefan Bradl? Like, you're like... They didn't Ooh. have a lot of options. You know, I, I respect Stefan Bradl, but he's also not going to bring in the results on that Repsol Honda. No. He's, he's an excellent development rider. He's not necessarily the best race rider. No, and they, the options would have been slim um, otherwise, because, again, they were dealing with a, a unique situation in November. You thought Zarco's was bad last year in August when he wanted to get out of KTM. That was bad enough. That's why I kill Aquona's in the top flight right now. It's like Aquona, who was 11th in the Moto2 Championship last year. This is even worse. This was no- This was November effectively the last weekend of the season where Lorenzo basically said, fuck you, Puig, I'm going to retire so I can crawl back to Yamaha at the end, at the, yeah. end, at the start of 2020. Um, yeah, so- and this is Puig who was you know, out in the media roasting all of his riders. Well, why don't you just adapt to the bike? And there's one person who can ride that bike. And even then, he's really, he's riding through the problem. It's not that the problem isn't there. They need yeah. to fix the front of the RC213. Uh, but why force it right now when Mark Marquez can win you 10 races a year? And that's going to be... Like, this is going to be the problem. He's, he's the closest thing to a guaranteed... He's the closest thing to a guaranteed title that any manufacturer has. Yeah. This is a run that is almost equal, if not surpassing, what Valentino Rossi did when he was a Repsol Honda in the early 2000s when he inherited McDoohan's crew. Um, and it was seen, I mean, we're talking about, like, do you really want to mess with a man that's won you six championships in seven years? They did the same thing with Valentino in 2003, where they kept, internally at Honda, they, were, they weren't giving Valentino much credit, mm. and they thought it was a great bike that they were building, and it was. RC21 yeah. V is a monster, but... Valentino hopped on an M1, they retooled the M1 around him, and he went and whooped Honda's ass two years in a row. Right. And where, where the previous so, year's best Yamaha was seventh in the championship, and that was Carlos Checker, and he was outscored nearly three to one by Valley the previous year. Um, I like how someone put it, with the dependency that Honda has on uh, Marquez right now. If, if uh, Mark told Alberto... To show up in formal women's wear, he'd show up in a ballroom dress. Right. Because <laughs> that uh, is, uh, they can't be, they can't be arrogant in this situation and try and, uh, yeah. control Mark. Because at the end of the day, Mark is the golden goose right now. He's got all the leverage right now, and he's he just got paid nine and if, figures. The point that I was going to make is that if if you're Puig, and you, like a lot of people wanted to say, oh, this this is Puig trying to take power off of Mark Marquez. So my response was, then why the fuck would you offer him a four-year deal then cut his brother two months later? Like, what what, what do you think the positive is in all of that? Like, and, and why would you want to piss off your easy meal ticket? I don't understand that. But I think I think they've got to be they they either were playing or they have to be planning that Crutchlow retires after this year or next year. But Crutchlow made the point Alex he does goes not on that want bike. to. I was like, that's like, that's like yeah, made the point. The he doesn't want to retire off a shortened season because it's, it's looking like we're going to get a thirteen race calendar unveiled in the in the coming days. Um, most like pretty much all of the of the season being in Europe, 
Um, again, we'll talk about that properly. But not in Italy. At the same time as well, you have to look at Marquez. Uh, Mark, Marquez. It's weird when we're talking about two riders from the same yeah, family. Yeah, confusing. Yeah. Mark. Mark Alex. is all about winning. Right. All about winning. Does not give a shit about anything else. Other bikes, other teams. He wants to win. Would he leave Honda? Because he can win on any other bike. We've established oh, yeah. that. He can win on any. But yeah, the man's a freak talent. Does he want to blow a year of his career getting used to a new team? Well, that was always that's always the thing that like Mark has detractors, and they are out there, you silly misguided people. That's just like, well, let's see what Marquez could do on some other bike. That was kind of the argument with Nas with Rossi way back in the day. It's like, let's see what Rossi can do when he's that on a the bike that argument. hasn't won in a handful of years. Well, that was the argument with Dewan as well. When Hondo had, you know, one through five every race for like three years, just crushing uh, the field at the end yeah. of the two-stroke era. This is the point I was going to make. It's the last bastion of the Rossi is the goats debate is that he did win on two different manufacturers and one of them was shit um, at, at the time when he joined. Don't get me wrong. Yamaha did also throw out everything on that Yamaha when they brought Rossi in. but It was still did... carbureted in 2002. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like... MotoGP, I still think, only has seven riders ever that have even won a race on two different manufacturers, let alone a championship. And crazily enough, it's Maverick Vinales is one of those guys in that club. It's a weird club. I'll say with Suzuki. He got that S- one with Suzuki Scott. at Silverstone, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see Mark Marquez on a Suzuki. No, 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 no. Marquez on a Suzuki. If they find another five horsepower, cancel Christmas. Like it, it's over. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, you no. see that's and that it's... and conversely, if Mark Marquez leaves Honda, does a Honda even finish in the top ten in the points? <laughs> Not if they drastically rework the bike. They don't. No, no chance. It's it's a hot mess. And and you know what's funny, like. There's another point in here, another rumor that didn't even make the set list, which I actually missed. Them. I'm going to bring it in right now because Simon Patterson tweet, tweeted, oh, tweeted this out as well. It's looking like Johan Zarco might be going to Pramac next year. Oh yeah, Not I surprised. got it on there because oh, it's did. like yes, because right, it's right. Pramac. They're going to like completely sweep the decks because you know Jack Miller is moving up to Ducati. And it looks like they're going to bring in Jorge Martin from Moto Two. Mm-hmm. And Johan Zarco up from the pit of Avenidia. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it. This was a minor surprise. Is, is that Ducati were always pretty keen on 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 bringing uh, Zarco in, but the timing wasn't quite right. Obviously, given the awkward situation at KTM. Sorry, King. Last year, given uh, given Zarco's sudden departure from KTM. Um, and KTM's decision to say, you know what, yeah, sit the rest of the year out, buddy. Um, and yeah. But Pramac was keen, but obviously there was no room at the inn. Now, with Ducati's imminent reshuffle, Miller obviously now going to the factory team. Does Dovi walk? Does Dovi not walk? Apparently, Dovi's come out this week and said he will make a decision before we race again. So, expect that in the next month about as to whether he stays with Ducati or say, that's, goes. That's a big time frame. That doesn't really help us. Yeah, Dovi. it's a it's a month, but you know, it's something. He says he'll decide before they go mm. racing again what he's going to do. Um, which is again middle of July. Um, July seventeenth is the plan for the first race, as it stands. It's looking like it will. 
um, again. But yeah, Martin is wondering. We talked about Martin a lot on last, on our last recording. Is he but, confirmed? Um, he's not confirmed yet. But again, everyone and their mother is reporting Jorge Martin is going to be going there. It's, it's all but apparently. It was quote unquote uh, monolith official as of a few days ago. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't quite official, yeah. but you know. Yeah, so it, it, it's more or less done that Martin will be going there, and it's looking like Zarco will join him, which I know people have asked me, well, what does this mean for Francisco Bagnaia? Um Again, it's he's crazy. I think he won a Moto2 championship with nine race wins only, only 18 months ago. Apparently, Bagnaia is on a sliding scale. Apparently, if he does well and Dovi walks, they could bring him into the factory team. Um, but if it doesn't work out and they're not so sure, they can slide him down to Avintia. So they're apparently Banya is on a sliding scale. So no pressure, Peko. Uh, basically, um, Peko for your own good. You better start getting some results. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, my God. There's still a factory seat potentially available for him if he can perform. So he's got a golden chance here to to get up the order if Doffy does decide decide to leave. If Davi doesn't decide to walk out of Ducati, and there's still an open KTM seat, who do y'all think's getting it? Probably Miguel Oliveira, and then they'll put someone else in the in the Tech Free seat. Yes, yeah, I heard Petrucci was interested. Petrucci, I heard Petrucci was interested. I heard Petrucci was also interested in that Aprilia drive. We don't know if KTM would be interested in him. But you never know. We got lots of Aprilia news on the set list too. Yeah, by the like way. Danilo still. Oh want, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was gonna say Danilo still wants the Aprilia seat, but Aprilia is still in a kind of a logjam of its own because, uh, yeah, the Iadoni story has taken another twist. Now we mentioned on last week's show that you know we're waiting for the court of arbitration for sport to open up again. It actually has now opened up and started taking cases again, as as they revealed today in the football world that they have they've heard. Man City's appeal regarding their Champions League ban. Apparently, a decision on that will come out in early July. They're saying so for you football fans out there. Keep an eye on that. But um, we mentioned Ianoni. We mentioned he was going to appeal his case to the CAS. Um, meanwhile, there's been another appeal from Wada, the World Anti-Doping Agency, who were like, "Why did you only ban Ianoni for 18 months? Um, because the provision yeah. was the original provision was." Like if if they had their way, it's normally a four year ban for a positive drug test in the FIM and motorcycle yeah. racing. Now the FIM, for those that are new to the story, they only gave Ian only an eighteen month suspension because they considered mitigating circumstances. In this case, they believed Ian only when he's when he claimed he had taken it by accident. Um, the the court admitted that. They they believed Ianoni when he said he'd taken it by accident. It wasn't a an, an intentional case of doping, so so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so they reduced his his ban to eighteen months. Um, now Ianoni appealed that result because his argument was, well, if they believed my story, that must mean I'm innocent. So why am I still getting banned for eighteen months? Um, so he's appealed to the CAS. But now Warner has appealed the original decision saying, why is it not four years? He still tested positive. So now we could be in a situation where Ian only could face <laughs> him walking out for nothing and going back to a prettier ASAP, an 18-month suspension, which is what the FIM originally gave him, or the four-year punishment, which is what they were meant to give him, according to the World Anti-Doping Agency. 
Oh my god! Everyone could be whatever inside this box. <laughs> yeah, everyone involved disagrees. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's a mess. It is a mess. Yeah, because... but hey, at least at least I got a lace locked down for two more years, huh? Yeah, that's yeah, confirmed. But... They, they did confirm that Alicia Spargaro has signed his this soul away to the devil for another two years of forced development, shall we say, on that. Hey, Aprilia. that uh, hey, that that new Aprilia looked damn solid in testing. It did. It, it did look promising. So hey, who knows? It, it might be a better seat on face on face value than we than we give it credit for. And don't forget, in the meantime, Bradley Smith will still fill in for Prettier until we get a hard decision on what happens with Ianoni. But yes, Alicia Spagaro confirmed earlier this week a two year extension for him at the Prettier camp. And uh, yeah, why not? Again, we all know with each bad bike rider, excellent bad bike rider, and hey, the, the Spargaro brothers, the best bad bike riders in the world. Yeah. The and only CRT class champion. Indeed. Mm. It, it should be noted it should be noted that in the World Anti-Doping Agency's own questionnaire on their website on the strict liability in anti-doping uh, pretty much no matter if it was intended or not, the person who tested positive needs to be punished. And pretty much Reading into how they, you know, expect sports federations to adhere to anti-doping, the reason why they appealed is solely because Andre appealed. Well, yeah, if they can appeal it, why can't they? You know, you might as well at that point. No, that WADA would have been okay with the 18-month suspension, but just on the basis of him trying to appeal it to no suspension, they they are putting in a counter appeal to get the full the full penalty. <laughs> I love this. You want no penalty, so you get all the penalty. Oh dear, that's gonna be again, I can't wait for that court hearing. That is gonna be spicy. Um, I, I cannot wait for that one. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all of the major bike news, apart from sad news, everybody. That, and again, to, this, this came out today, um, as we were recording this on June 10th. Um, there will be no Italian Grand Prix at Magello this year. Oh. Damn it. Damn it all to Hades! <laughs> we get no Phillip Island. We get no Magello. No Silverstone. We get no Silverstone, which can't get a break to begin with. No, like, arguably the three best rounds on the calendar gone. What a damn shame. Yeah, there will be no Italian Grand Prix in Magello this year. The more things happen this year, the more I think that this season is going to get cancelled. It won't. Uh, I it, hope not. It, it, it won't. Um, as, like honestly, I, I I have a little bit of inside information on that. Apparently, they are going mm. to reveal their calendar tomorrow. Um, it looks like it's it, 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 <laughs> insert post. So by yeah. so by the time you listen to this, yeah. uh, we'll know the MotoGP calendar. Yeah. In let's just say again, we'll see how right or how not right they are next week. But it's probably going to be 13 races, and there's probably going to be seven of those races in Spain. It's looking like doubleheader in Jaref, I think one race in Catalonia, which is going to be in August, so have fun with that. Um, there's going. Um, there's, it's, it's looking like two races at Aragon, two races at Valencia. Um, probably 
one, maybe two races at Misano. Um, so we still do get a race or two in Italy, just not the one we're all hoping for. And hey, Misano was great last year, so who knows? Uh, yeah, Misano's fine. Yeah, and um, maybe a race at Le Mans. Because I think Le Mans are keen to host a race in the month of September after the Ball d'Or on August 30th. Yeah, you um, see, there's there's kind of a problem there where you've got the 24 hours of Le Mans for bikes at the end of August. Yep. Then the 24 hours of Le Mans for cars in the middle of September. They're going to be packing three major events into the space of three or four weeks. Yeah. At... Mm. At what is fundamentally still a true road course where they use p- public roads. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. Well, the, the only the only event like of the ones we mentioned so far that use public roads is, is the car one. The yeah, the car twenty four hour race. Yeah, yeah. So that that there's it, that we'll one is that one is the one that's most up in the air. But Le Mans are keen to host a race in September. Yeah, it's looking like it's probably going to be Haref, Haref, Bruno, two races in Austria, two races at Misano, maybe Le Mans, again, probably in September, one race in Barcelona, two at Aragon, and then two at Valencia, with maybe the option of one, maybe two flyaways, most likely Thailand or Malaysia, and or Malaysia, towards the end of the season. Um, it is also yeah, worth noting, Le Mans in September, bring an umbrella. Yeah, probably damp. Bring an umbrella, bring a bring a towel to mop up the sweat. So yeah, that you might get 12 to 14 races, obviously Europe being a strong priority. They'll, they'll, like, Do not expect a load of flyaway rounds because of travel bans, quarantines, and difficulty where that's concerned. Mm. So... Again, I would say hold tight. We'll see how right we are next week on this. This is from Patterson and a little bit of inside knowledge. But um, it's probably going to be something like that. Um, So, again, we'll check back next week on that one and we'll see how wrong we were on it. Um, But, uh, yeah, no Every round at the Saxon ring. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, dear. Mark Marquez sweeps a season. My God. Speaking of which, we have the first eight races of the Formula 1 2020 calendar. Hooray! Hooray! It's all in Europe. Hooray! Hooray! It's what the Anoraks Anoraks wanted all along. Yeah, so here's the first eight races of the Formula 1 calendar. Now, bear in mind, they will obviously try to unveil more races down the road, but this is definitely the first eight we're going to have in Europe. We're going to have two races at the Red Bull Ring at Spielberg on July 5th and July 12th, back-to-back um, on, on separate weekends. We immediately go to the Hungaro Ring a week later on July 19th for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Then begins the two races at Silverstone. We're getting a double header um, at the home of, of uh, Formula 1 where we have the British Grand Prix on August 2nd. And then the specially named Emirates Formula One 70th Anniversary Grand Prix on August 9th. Oh, we didn't even touch on that because we don't just have the Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring. We also have this King. What do we have for the second round? The Grotto Priester Steiermark. Nerd! The Styrian Styrian Grand Prix. Styrian? Styrian? Yeah, it's not clear what the English name of the race is 
Because it can either be this, like the Styrian Grand Prix or the Steiermark Grand Prix, but it's not clear which one is, people are King, is that named after I love the, the Mitsubishi Styrian Grand Prix. Yes, it, it, it's named after the region. Uh, the issue is that the the region's name has multiple translations in English. Oh, of course. Oh. Never the easy way of us arrogant English, isn't it? You know? <laughs> Look, I'm getting I'm getting vibes to like back in the early nineties when MotoGP would have like the FIM Grand Prix or the Vitesse Dumas Grand Prix or the Baden Württemberg Grand Prix. Just find the most obscure ass names what, what, for an event you can Why can't pull. we just call it Austria Two? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just getting Silverstone Two, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, the fucking Expo '92 Grand Prix. Yeah, so yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> it's. I remember an old. The city of Imola Grand Prix. I remember watching a joke about this on like from an impressionist called Alistair McGowan back in 2002 when they're talking about the World Cup and how the 2002 Football World Cup was in Japan and South Korea, and like because it wasn't very catchy. So he just said, "Why don't we just call it Euro '96 uh, <laughs> or Italian '90?" <laughs> just rolls off the tongue, you know. But uh, yes. The Emirates Formula One 70th Anniversary Grand Prix, the second race at Silverstone on August 9th, because we just couldn't call it Britain 2. Um, <laughs> then we go again, and it's another triple header. We're going to the uh, Catalonia. Uh, yes, for the, going to Catalonia for the Spanish Grand Prix on my birthday weekend, August 16th. Um, Spain in August. Spain in the middle <laughs> yeah, of um... August. Oh, I hope you God. like sunscreen. suffering. I hope you like tire wear. Return of the force Bring stop, baby. Bring sunscreen. Bring uh, plenty of iodized water. Bring plenty of towels. Make sure to wring the excess sweat out of every article of clothing you have when you climb back into your car. I'm not making any obvious jokes here, but let's just say if RJ and Cam was going to that race, they'd be needing SPF 80 to make it out of there alive. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not wrong, and you were probably right to say it. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag no melanin. Yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah. Have fun with that on August sixteenth. A, a Spanish Grand Prix in the middle of August. It's going to be like F 1s first ever official five stopper. Um, so have, have, have fun with that. The uh, the tire, the, the distance of the soft tire will be good for about four hundred yards before the tires become chewing gum. Um, two weeks still longer after, than the option tires in the F two race at Russia last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, God, Christ. Um, Two weeks after that, (laughs) on August 30th, we have the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa-Francorchamps. Um, Definitely will be without fans, because they managed to just sneak it in under Belgium's current ban on sporting events that was meant to be going on until September 1st. So, Dre, all eight races that we're mentioning right now will be held behind closed doors. None of these events will have fans. Yeah, exactly. I I, I was going to make that point... Honest, um, yeah. and of course, the week after that, we're going to have the Italian Grand Prix, of course, at Monza, who just signed the new deal to keep them on the calendar. I think until twenty twenty five now. So, uh, yes. yeah, yep. so yeah, yeah, more Monza, everybody who doesn't love uh, a, a a wholesome uh, qualifying session. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, so uh, I just now have flashbacks to last year. Oh, that was Whoa. hilarious. Uh, so yeah, the first eight rounds of the F1 2020 calendar, Austria, Austria, or should that be Austria, Steiermark, uh, Hungaro Wing, uh, British Grand Prix, 70th Anniversary Grand Prix, Viva Espana, Belgian Grand Prix, and uh, Forza Ferrari. Um, so that'll be the first eight rounds that takes us until the middle of September. 
Anything beyond that, we'll have to wait and see um, going forward. We know there'll be no Dutch Grand Prix. Zandvoort announced last week mm. that there is no chance of a race this year, unfortunately. Yeah, no French Grand Prix, no Monaco Grand Prix, no Australian Grand Prix. Though a lot of the other events could be put back on later in the calendar. And of course, they have the possibility open to add events that weren't on the original calendar, like the Hockenheim Ring or Mugello. The problem is, is that the, if if the MotoGP race at Mugello got canceled, there's no way they're holding an F1 race. No way, now. It would it, it, it would have to be like lodged deep, deep into the calendar to have any sort of chance. Of that. Yeah, they could they could run it in October. It wouldn't be that out. Yeah, exactly. as I'm saying, it's like, I, w- I wouldn't completely rule that out just yet. It depends on where they're planning to put it. Um, if they could, if they could, if they could lodge it in the middle of October, they might be able to get away with that one. Um, but F1 is open to the possibility of running in tracks they would not normally run at. Bring back the Hockenheim ring, please. No, no one, no one liked this. Like, like, why, why do you want the Hockenheim ring back so bad? Like, just because it rains there a bit. I mean, like, come on now. Like, yeah, exactly. It rains there a bit. There's a drag strip. It's a country of motors. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. There's country of motorsport here's, heritage. Here's what I will say. No track on the calendar hinges more on excitement level, depending on weather, than the Hockenheim ring. If it rains, it's a classic. I don't know. If it's, if it's a dry, it shits the bed. There is the Hungar ring at the Viktor Orban's People's Republic of Hungary, but that's, you know... I was like, I was like, to, call it, I was like to call it outside Monaco. I mean, like... And yet it's... It, I don't know how, but Hungary just has this knack of producing great races. I do not know how, for the life of me, how I don't it know about. I don't but, know about that, Chief. Well, look. 2015 was great. Last year's race was pretty dark. 2015? No, no, no. 2015 was great because Ferrari got a Ferrari won that race. That race was awful if, from a pure racing standpoint. It was standpoint. a fun race to Okay, it might not have after rewatch this. It didn't age. It might not have aged. The most as fun well. part of it was Nico Rosberg destroying his race off of Ricardo's front wing. Rosberg recorded, and then Hamilton having arguably his Nico Rosberg slander here today. But I was going to say, like, yeah. that, like that was also the race where Hamilton arguably had his worst ever drive in silver. Like, like, like. Honestly, most of Hungary's appeal is where it is in the calendar. At the end of a long string of races in the summer, most. Most of the drivers and the teams are kind of worn out. They're just looking to get into the summer break. And that's where mistakes happen. Alonzo breaks out the deck chair. <laughs> what, what King is trying to say is that that race on the calendar is really, really hot and it appeals to Dark Fruit F1 Twitter. That's what it appeals to right there. The sort of people that like strong bro dark fruit. You British guys that are listening to this show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about right here and now, damn it. Um, <laughs> so all four of you, I hope you've enjoyed that reference. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the, let's go to Bournemouth Beach in the middle of a lockdown Twitter. That's the sort of lot I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Very good. You'll see what I'm, you, you'll see what I'm hinting at there. Right, more 
news. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. What do oh, we want to talk I about talk, first? Can I talk about the breaking news that, that broke during this recording? Yes, please do, because oh, I know what you're talking about, King. This statement from NASCAR, quote, the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry. Bringing people together and love, and, and bringing people together around a love for racing and the community that it creates is what makes makes our fans and sport special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. Wow. It's can about just, time. Can I just say, they show the Confederate flag on the last lap of every race. <laughs> they, so, so am I right in saying they've just banned the Confederate flag straight yes, up? Sir. They did. Outright. They did. Wow. They did in a week where we got to see, among others, Daryl Wallace Jr. taking a knee during the anthem wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, and today is time of recording, he is set to run a Black Lives Matter-themed car, all of which was unthinkable the last time we and were not this only that, angry. Let's keep this in mind. For the team owner, who was very vocal in saying that if you knelt before a race only a couple years ago, you'd be fired on the spot. Yeah. Prayers worked somehow. My, the landscape has fucking change. Let's Honestly, make this very like clear. It. In the past couple of days, it, from an official capacity, NASCAR has arguably become the most officially inclusive form of motorsport. Between this. My brain broke. <laughs> they partnered with the You Can Play project to, uh, to promote pride and inclusivity in NASCAR, which... Okay, that is one of the that is a big uh, sports LGBTQIA inclusivity organization. Maybe a little corporate driven, but hey, if it's going to make the boomers mad, I'm all yeah, here for this it. Has been this has been NASCAR systematically destroying their own demographic, and I am here for it. I, I literally joked on Twitter last night. They've set their own fan base on fire, and I am here for all of it. Yeah, I think in terms of corporate sponsorship. NASCAR was seeing a sea change that they had to recognize. If NASCAR didn't, you know, make these oh, changes yeah. and make a public statement, there was a chance that NASCAR could have lost all their spots. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. now, because now, for better and for worse, and now in this case, the better, the capital B brands see this as an opportunity. And what is hilarious is lots of NASCAR fans on all forms of social media bitching slash moaning slash crying about how NASCAR needs to, quote-unquote, respect the police and law enforcement. Do y'all know how NASCAR <laughs> got its start, ladies and gentlemen? Moonshine. Those running boys, away those from boys the are running moonshine across the border. <laughs> y'all forgot your roots. Y'all forgot, forgot your roots. Your roots. It's the most, I it's the, love It's this. the most startling bit of fucking irony I've ever seen with NASCAR. <laughs> that you know, a sport that literally came off the backs of, lit of literally dodging law enforcement to run illegal moonshine, and now they're like respecting law enforcement, which you know 
Tony Stewart shoved the cop once. Let's not forget. Um, you know, right. that that did happen. That 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 sport. You know, re- respect the law enforcement. Look, we all know that NASCAR is the most boomerific of all of all of motorsport series out there um, oh, by yeah. a country mile. And uh, yeah, it's actually been fucking mind blowing that NASCAR has actively made big goddamn strides in trying to make its sport more inclusive. Ban the Confederate flag. You know, trying to buddy up and be more inclusive of the LGBT plus community. Um, brackets, fellas, there's an asterisk here. You might want to drop that bar stool affiliation while you're at it. Yeah, um, tell Dave Portnoy to go fuck himself six ways a Sunday. Yes, please. Yes, because, sir. Um, this all feel it rings a little hollow with the bar stool endorsement still being. Oh, uh, that's exactly the point that I was going to make. I want to give a shout out as well to former Jalopnik writer Alanis King that did brilliant work in in pushing. NASCAR regarding this barstool affiliation. Sadly, it's not yeah. gone anywhere, um, at least from a corporate standpoint, since it's been first brought to the public's attention. Um, look. We'll see how it progresses because yeah. there's been some... I would have... In a million I mean, years, I would not have expected this out of NASCAR before this. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, this is a walking mirror. I mean, shoot. <laughs> People kicked up enough stink to kick that media platform off of their one and only opportunity to get a TV show on ESPN. So yeah, yeah. and I like how possible. NASCAR drivers as well have kind of since their initial statements and the dumpster fire that's occurred in the uh, that's occurred in the comments sections of said statements, they've kind of doubled down with the as per my last email of like Dale Jr. like Dale Jr. where they're basically saying if you're not my fan after this, you're a fan I don't need to keep. Yeah, Dale Jr., who you know, arguably the most popular man in all of American motorsport, said Black Lives Matter. Arguably. What, like, Arguably. Is, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was huge. And, yeah. In fact, had uh, had Bubba Wallace on his podcast, the Dale Jr. download, and that episode was fantastic as well. Yeah, I'll certainly be giving that a listen in the downside. I want to I finish it off with this story. Like, you know, if you, if you think that, like, you know, oh, Dale Jr. suddenly jumping on the woke. Train. I want to I want to read you this quote. This is from Kelly Earnhardt. Kelly is Dale Jr.'s sister. He said that Earnhardt, referring to Dale Sr., Dale Earnhardt Sr., the seven-time champion and the and the anti-hero of working-class America during his career, he immediately went out to his truck and sliced off the rebel flag. The motto remained: the flag itself was trashed. He didn't want to offend anybody or make anybody mad in that manner. He. He didn't stand for it when he was still around with us. If Dale Earnhardt Sr. didn't endorse that Confederate flag and he is the most popular thing to ever happen to NASCAR, I don't know why anybody else in that sport should want to endorse it at all. And if and if you do, then I think you're absolutely fucking trash as a female I being. Think you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I think you yeah. need to go find somewhere else because... Find another you're not well. Yeah, you're not welcome in this outlet anymore. I hear Ben Shapiro and Clay Travis are looking for new hobbies too. Why don't you go, buddy? Hopefully, hopefully they don't get those new hobbies. And let me and let me just say on this platform: fuck Ben Shapiro and fuck Clay Travis um, with a rusty pitchfork. Um, Right. Anyway, (laughs) quick. This will be this will be a super quick follow up. Real quick, we talked. We've mentioned Williams a lot in the last couple of shows. It's looking like Michael Latifi, as kind of predicted 
is lead contender to buy out the team. Uh, yeah. We mentioned it on last week. Not surprising. Week. If you want more detail on that, I recommend going back to last week's show if you haven't listened to it already um, yeah. for more detail on that. But yeah, there's no point yeah. dredging over that again in, in, in detail. Listen to last week's show. Yeah. I can give you that. But it's, yeah, it's looking like Michael Latifi is, is top contender where that's concerned. It's not really a surprise to anyone that knows the team. But hey, fingers crossed. Um, um, I know it's a bit of a conflict of interest potentially given that he owns 10% of McLaren. But hey, we'll, I'm sure they'll figure that out later. Anyway. Formula E news here, and this is a quite surprising one here. Um, effect- this was out of nowhere. Yeah, a couple of days ago, out of nowhere, Pascal Verlein puts on his Instagram page, oh, I'm leaving Mahindra, effective immediately. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and um, might be replacing one Neil Jani at Porsche. According to a report from the publication we've mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. Um but Porsche themselves had to come out with a statement. No, no, we're not. Imme- we're not decided on a driver just yet because we do have. And this ties into another story we're talking about. We do have a pl- a plethora of factory drivers <laughs> that we're looking into first, who may or may yeah. not be looking for new employment. That tennis more Porsche yeah. fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While Pascal might be going to Porsche's Formula E seat, sad news. Porsche has officially axed its IMSA WeatherTech Championship GTLM program effective at the end of this season. Oh. Not the Coke for it cars. Not the Coke for it. This this comes, of course, on the back of Ford's exit from the class last year. Ford pulled out. BMW Um, pulled out of Europe. It Uh, feels like... Feels like factory GT racing... Not necessarily. I was, was going to go there. I'm going to say is it feels like this formula of GTE slash GTLM is slowly starting to fizzle out because that's going to leave what Corvette, Corvette and, B- and Aston Martin. No, there's also a very much a swirling rumor that BMW might be canning my friend and yours, the big mate, at the end of this year. In they were already well. out of Europe. No, so, not so the big one, mate. So. So one foot was already out the door when they pulled their WEC program. They've still got the IMSA program. Yeah, successful IMSA program. They just won the 24 Hours of Daytona 57 years ago, back when we had live motorsport with fans. But that would leave just Corvette and the C8Rs as full-time, along with Reese on a part-time schedule. It's it's not sustainable. Oh, that and just sounds like the last years of GT1 at Le Mans. Exactly. If we'll be completely honest. So then exactly what do you do? Do you just like. beef up GT3 and then begin the cycle anew? I think <laughs> I think that's their best option right now because GT, ah, GTE and GTLM in, what was it, 2016, the big regulation They're practically, they're almost the same. You just have more. No, but, you can just do more really weird shit in GTE. In Cars GTLM, are just as fast. They're almost, they've almost morphed into silhouette cars at this point, with the Porsche 911 G, uh, RSR not really being a Porsche 911 anymore. The engine is not behind the rear axle. It has the biggest it's fender flares fun. you've ever seen. The Ford being built more as a racing car first and a road car second. The Corvette has an engine that you can't buy yet. And the Big Mate, is there anything from the Big Mate in that car? It feels like Huge. this is yet another silhouette GT class that got a little bit out of hand, and now 
of course, with the economic situation that the world is in, yeah, people are people are cutting the programs. And with LMDH on the horizon, Porsche said that this had nothing to do with LMDH. I don't believe them, not for a damn second. <laughs> Just like, you know, Audi, you know, Audi's decision to pull out an LMP1 definitely motivated entirely by electric car. Nothing, Nothing to do, to do at all. with this other shit no that's jokes. going on. No, um, I was, I was really thinking one factory program was going to get cut. I just really mm. hoped it wasn't this one. They're still going to have the WEC program. Eh, fuck the WEC. <laughs> <laughs> Because WEC is in the similar boat with the loss of Ford and BMW yeah, over there. Ford, all BMW. they've got, yeah, all they've got is two semi factory Ferraris. Ferrari won't even build an F8 GTE at the moment. Corsa AF. Break, break, break breaking the full full here, listeners. Cam is way off script right now. Just thought I'd point that out between <laughs> you and me, listeners. What, what are you talking about? It's on the set. Yeah, this is on the set list. I, don't I was hear trying it to play along with the joke. Why must you ruin my <laughs> bit, King? <laughs> we ruin everything. That's the policy here. No, uh, with WEC. I think the best solution would be to let some GT3s off the chain, give them bigger air restrictors, because there are concerns that the GT3s would be too slow compared to prototypes. Prototypes are slowing down anyways. Yeah, They'll be as fast as GT2s were 10 years ago, and that wasn't a problem. We get begin the cycle anew, and the only silhouette GT category we have is still in Japan. Still, still looking thick. Still looking awesome. Please don't pull out. None of you, none of y'all. Honda, Toyota, Nissan. I know you're thinking about it, but please I think don't. I think there's only one brand in there that might have to worry about it because uh, Nissan is not doing well, folks. No, no. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that last week. <laughs> oh. So I want to go back to, you know, Veriline not being a Mahindra really quickly. You know, now that there's a seat open. You think Daniel App gets it? You think somebody else might get it? I don't if know. They see the, if they see the merit in giving Apt a chance, because, I mean, the big overriding thing with Apt is that he was getting his ass beat 10 ways to Sunday by Lucas Degrassi. But the thing is, like, with Formula E, it's very much a driver pool that gets, mm. shall we say, recycled a bit. It, it, that is it, much it, to its it, detriment it gets, sometimes. It gets around a fair, a fair amount. I know there is... Quite the rumor that potentially Chadwick, Jamie Chadwick, Jamie could get a seat. Cha- that I'd love to would see be her in that seat. Awesome. Okay, I, that is. That, let's let's all note this clear here. It's an unsubstantiated rumor. Would you still love to King, see it, King? You're out here ruining this. Uh, from now on, we're going to nickname King Spoiler Administrator 2020. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fun Police. Um, no, you're right, right. There's a few drivers who could get the seat, I mean... <laughs> and, like, also from the moment that a certain Mr. Aft was fired, it seemed like everyone knew who Audi's replacement was gonna be, except Audi aren't saying who it's gonna be, but deep down, we all know it's a certain driver who is... Uh, Kelvin Vanderlinde, because he was doing the race <laughs> at home events. Alan no! McNish, he's taking the reins himself. <laughs> No, it's Rene Rass, because yeah. uh, as we mentioned, another Audi factory program is going away. 
Uh, Rene Rast needs a drive, and I would like to see him in more than just a cup of coffee at Tamaguri, what seems like centuries ago. Yeah, and like Audi got a war chest of driver talent freed up by shutting down the DTM program. Whew. On the subject of uh, talent being freed up, we've got some canceled series. Yeah, for this year. Yeah, geez, there'll be no W series this year, unfortunately. Um, every race on the calendar has sadly been cancelled, so there'll be no season. On a quick side note, in what is a small ray of sunshine on an otherwise cloudy day, the BBC on their streaming platforms will be showing all the races of the W series, esports series, um, involving all of the drivers on the roster. So hey, it's something. They're going to the north. Schleifer. Well, well, let, let's let's note this here. Just like every other series out there, the esports series is just you know there to fill the time slots for you know where most the meat space races would have taken. Yeah. All right, spoiler administrator, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, but yeah, at least it's something on 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 the BBC platform. So hopefully, people will sit down and support that because it's a real shame. Because one of the biggest pros of the W series I mentioned last year was the fact that all of its races were free to wear on British television. Something that most motorsport series do not have. Um, so that was always a big plus in that direction. So hopefully, they can make the most of a difficult time. Also, across the pond in the United States, there will be no Indy Lights this year, unfortunately, either. Um, Mm. Roger Penske had a press conference talking about this a couple of days ago, uh, where he mentioned that, look, it was getting to the point where it was like there were only going to be like seven cars in the series anyway, so they just just felt like there's no real point doing this right now. But he did... Again, a little bit of a glimmer of hope maybe for next year um, in the sense of they might be pushing to get more factories directly involved in the series going yeah. forward. Um, they need to get more than just Andretti because Andretti yeah. was is still behind and they still want to come back when the series does come back. Uh, the problem is, you know, we lost SPM, we lost Carlin, uh, Penske doesn't really have such a program, nor does Ganassi. Not with that Penske, they really need to. Yeah, with yeah. Penske, so, they can just call someone up and they're like, yeah, please sign me. Yeah, the the big idea that Roger Penske threw out there is that all the leader circle teams, so basically all the full-time teams in IndyCar might be required to run at least one Indy Lights entry in the future. Again, that's just an idea he put Mm. out there. Mm. That would be a good way to shore up the numbers. And again, they they necessarily wouldn't have to run the car themselves. They just need to be in a partnership with someone who is. Speaking of new cars, they're about at the time where they should update their chassis. Um, Meanwhile, we've had like teams and drivers already committing to another program it's like Santi Arucci is going to be running Formula Regional Americas this year. We don't yeah. know what Kyle Kirkwood's going to do now. So, yeah, on the note of a new lights chassis, the general idea was that Indy Lights was going to get a new chassis when IndyCar was and hmm. they would be based off they'd be based off around the same time. Oh yeah, I remember that now. I was going to get to that actually. Because that we got some news about the new IndyCar tubs, and mainly that they they won't be happening. They ain't coming. They Not ain't until coming. <laughs> at least 
2027. In full. In like, full. It it's a phased rollout. A phased rollout where they're introducing the new car in parts. Yeah, but it's... So strange. If it's a major change to the structure of the car, because we know, like, they're going to have to integrate the aero screen directly into the tub. So, that kind of leads into the whole lights thing, where it's seeming like this new car is going to be very modular. It's like a Lego yeah. set. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> like a Lego set. Just and... uh, just call Audi and have them get some R8s out of the museum. <laughs> right. A man has crashed into turn three in Lego City. <laughs> hey, back the R8 into a wall and then just go change the gearbox in five minutes. But Stop yeah, but the rescue helicopter! Basically, <laughs> the long and short of it, Roger Penske really likes indie lights to really be indie lights or an indie two. He wants it to be a viable feeder series, which makes yeah. sense. It's his he now he's running the show. He wants it to be as yeah. healthy as possible. Mm. Yeah, and the lower two categories are plenty healthy. They just need to bring that to indie lights. Mm-hmm. I worry about the W series going forward because they are on the ticket of the Deutsche Touren Wagon Masters, or were set to mm. be. And that series doesn't have a promising future after this year, whatever this year looks like. Uh, yeah. So if they go under, yeah, who takes no over? DTM. Uh, I mean, we could always see, you know the W series support another series in Europe, like like. SRO Europe. GT World Challenge brought to you by Jeff Amazon. I think they have options available to them if slash when the DTM goes under. Is that going to be enough to carry that series on its own? Because the DTM is still a fairly popular series in Europe. But the thing is, like, it it doesn't matter how popular the DTM is, Dre, if the DTM doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean, though, about as an undercard. Like, I mean... Yeah. In terms of a TV audience, like... I guarantee you, there is very little crossover to people who watch DTM and watch the W series, and people who watch the W series and also watch DTM. Yeah. You got to, you, yeah, because yeah. I'll fuck with the DTM uh, sprint races. I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Sasha. I just I can't get around to watching antiseptic GT500. <laughs> antiseptic GT. What a line that is! Wow, antiseptic GT500. <laughs> That might be my favorite quote that RJ's ever said while I'm on the show. Oh my god. Oh, that's outstanding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Take this dub, ten, bo- ten Take points. this dub, boss pad. Take this dub. Uh, says, says Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. Um, Jesus Christ. One more piece of news before we get out of here for, for this week. Um, we have... Oh, no, no. I'm not, I'm not done. Oh. Because... Oh. Uh... The W series doesn't just support DTM. They mm. they were going to and still are in 2021 going to have North American yes. rounds where they support Oh yeah, Formula 1. And another rumor that Roger Penske kind of threw out there is that he didn't mention the Miami race specifically, but it seemed to me like the Miami race probably isn't going to happen. Mm. And Liberty Media won another race in North America and Roger specifically said there's a possibility that Formula One might return to the Speedway. Yeah, because it is the other USA track that is Grade One. Mm. I assume mm. they run the road course, right? Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. on the road course. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that, that's a way I mean, to get Ferrari to lap the field like three times over with all that sweet, <laughs> sweet horsepower. 
and then bu- and then bungle four of their six pit stops. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, and you were probably right to say it, folks. Uh, what's on this weekend? Oh yeah, the internet's only sim race, the only twenty four hour only race allowed. that's happening online. No, no one ever runs. If them. you uh. You will get a DMCA strike if you run another 24-hour motor race <laughs> around Circuit de la Sarthe. If you fire up Gran Turismo 4 to play the 24 hours du Sarth, Vincent Bomanil will come to your house and put a tranquilizer dart in your butt. Over that, he just chops your right hand. He'll come and whatever. Yeah, he'll come and scratch the. He'll scratch the lens on your ocean blue, your ocean blue imported PlayStation hang on, Two. Hang on, help me out, because I'm, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest follower of these esports ventures because we've had like 165 thousand. Oh, Dre hey. doesn't know about the press release. Oh, I was goodness. literally, so... I was literally just about to ask. Wasn't there some enormous press release regarding this race? Yes, there was. Like, the Lamar, the ACO themselves had to put out a statement. And I'll read it verbatim. <clears throat> Warning. Misinformation and confusing concerning the 24 Hours of Le Mans Virtual. The 24 Hours of Le Mans Virtual is organized jointly by the ACO, our branch, LMEM, and Motorsport Games. Competitors were selected by an official procedure and are the only teams authorized to take part in the coveted eSport event. Video games that feature the circuit to 24 Hours de Mans under ACO license do not have the right to invite sim racers to take part in or give the impression that they are an organizer of a virtual 24 hours give of the Give the impression. What a line that is. <laughs> we have the only genuine virtual 24 hours of Le Mans. Yeah. <laughs> the widespread interest in our event, which will take place on 13-14 June if you have something to watch, has encouraged certain sites to invite gamers to take part in a 24-hour race, deliberately causing confusion. (laughs) Certain sites meaning uh, iRacing. Petsy. Uh, So, (laughs) the thing is, I I get where they're coming from. They are the official organizers of the Meat Space Lamont 24 Hours. The Meat Space. (laughs) 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 But iRacing has been doing their own virtual Lama for, for years yes. now. Fuck out of here. I was doing my own virtual Lama in Test Drive Lama on my Dreamcast. Hey, the ACL is firing shots at you today, kid. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Tell him to create a top glass that can sustain itself. Then come talk Gerard, to me. Gerard Nouveau is going to come over and seize your Dreamcast. Well, I was gonna. S- I, I will fight. I will fight him wherever. I was just gonna say, is like this sounds like a world class fight, like heavyweight championship level. Petty Olympic special here, folks. Uh, between I will break him like a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now Cam's taking quote of the episode. Oh yeah, oh, we, 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 we are. I, I can't take credit for that. It's Goku from Team Four Star. Yeah, it's like oh, just... oh that's fair. Uh, that's I just fair. oh man, I I I I I can't. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. Because it looks like it's yeah, a well-put-together event. Oh, yeah, some of the lineups. Like, King's got his Fernando, dream team Fernando, Rubens, the no, whole Penske lineup. Oh, wait! The whole Penske hang on, lineup. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I forgot to... We have to mention this. Like, King, your, your woman's is uh, no longer taking part. 
I still, I still got Habsburg, though. I still Jeez. got Habsburg. We, we still know. have our friend and yours, Shaq Villeneuve. Shaq <laughs> Villeneuve. We've replaced Channels of the Padmeister. <laughs> There's only one Robert well, Wickens. No. Yeah, Chadwick got replaced with Robert Wickens. I'm taking that upgrade. I'm taking that upgrade. There's upgrade. only one. There is only one. Only upgrade. Upgrade. <laughs> Robert Wickens. Oh no! Now, now, Dre and King are gonna have to fight. They're gonna have to fight. Dre, do you say upgrade? And driving along, saying a song, Wolf. driving Wolf. in a Wickens wonderland. wonderland. There's only one Bobby Wickens. Oh my god! <laughs> but yes, the the lineup of uh, Ferdinand Habsburg. Jimmy Broadbent, Robert Wickens, and Frank. Uh, and Frank. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I love the King's. I love the King's side to quote a Pat the NES punk video by saying, "Yeah, and me, Frank." <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. We have got references on references today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I hope. I hope they win, but some of these, some of these teams, man. They're they're Veloce's got three teams in this shit. I was just like, oh my god. They're they're in it. And they're like Jarrett Mary, one of them. That seams are stacked. Toyota's in it. Penske's in it. Rebellion's in it. Partnering Uh, uh, with Williams. Toyota and uh, the I can't believe it's not a TSO fifty Orca 07 livery. Porsche, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Corvette, they're all in it. We got we got the drive repairing of Fernando Alonso and Rubens Barrichello. Rubens! We got Max Verstappen and Lando Norris racing together. <laughs> we have Dane Cameron. Alex, is, are they actually bringing in Rossi for the Penske lineup? No, it's Montoya, Pagano, Cameron, and Taylor. Oh, Christ. I'll still uh, take it. Loud. That's literally against the rule. They, they, they just hey, I'll, I'll, just I'll like, have you know that Rick. I'll have you know that Ricky Taylor once crashed a sim rig. Oh, so Ricky no, Taylor's that's Jordan. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. You're right. Damn. <laughs> like, some, so, like, like, so Pentagon just gonna bring four pros and just like fuck it, basically. Like, shit. oh my. Okay. God. Okay. Yes, Last you- lap. Last lap. Fight for the win. Lando v. Pagano. Oh. Take him out. Let's take him out. Who who is getting the dive bomb to end all dive bombs into our Lando, like he did to Jimmy Broadbent in Bahrain. Come on, let's let's look. You know what the real answer is? The winner of that duel is going to be the disconnect that happens eighteen hours into the race because our Factor Two servers. Yeah, because there is the concern that. Look, every sim has its problems. iRacing's is its tire model. R Factor 2 is its servers. Mm. The sad of course is this that all the cars are not the Honda lawnmower. Not the lawnmower. Actually, let me pull open this rule book and see what the possible penalties are. Because they're taking this dead serious. Yeah, they don't want full blown 100 page rule book where they saw what happened. We mentioned this the last time when we first talked about this event. Mm. They saw what happened in IndyCar. They saw what happened in NASCAR. They saw what happened in F1 and FE. Mm. They are not dicking around, which is good. It just—it's just—it shouldn't of, have taken like, all of these terrible screw-ups for people in various series to bring us to this point. Yeah, and it's why I'm just like laughing my butt off over that. Like, we're the only Lama. The internet's only Lama. Serious AF. 
<laughs> Though also, it should be noted that there is uh, pretty much a gag clause in the rulebook that I just found that, uh, let's see, I think it's, yeah, it is Code of Conduct Rule uh, 111. Drivers and our competitors posting negative, disruptive, or brand-damaging content on social media about uh, the organizers, the game, the ACO, the WEC, the Motorsport Network, and their partners in general <laughs> may result in the participant being withdrawn from the competition. So basically, uh, if you do have a server disconnect, don't complain about it on Twitter. Also, damaging content, it's listed here, includes posting images or videos of game faults. Oh! <laughs> so oh, so if someone, hit, if someone goes on a curb, or someone goes off track, hits a landmine, and gets flung up into the sky, they're not allowed to post a video of it. Not allowed to post it. You will be removed from That is withholding event. quality content, and I will not stand That's for That's some it. bullshit! I think this... this the series will probably post it themselves like, how hilarious is this? This car just shot up in the air 50 feet. Shit. But, par- but participants are not allowed to do so. That's Damn. bullshit. Come, that's part of the fun. <laughs> oh, like Lando Lando posts bloopers from every race he's in. Charles, is in. Charles and Antonio are not even good enough to be in the... Well, I know it's because they're Ferrari drivers and Ferrari doesn't have a prototype program, but it's just like, wow... They're in the lower category. Someone get the uh, someone get the three thirty three SP out of the museum. There are multiple rules against tampering. Oh, so rule one rule one twelve: rallying other drivers to forfeit the competition. Any driver found to be <laughs> found to be instigating forfeits from other drivers will be removed. This includes creating group conversations on any platform, asking drivers to retire or forfeit. <laughs> All I'm thinking of right now is in the Penske, in like the Penske Collective, you have one of the drivers on a computer in a private Discord chat like, hey, Rubens, crash the car. <laughs> Gregor Hoodoo's in this field. I feel fucking old. Oh my god. <laughs> JPM setting up a DDoS attack on someone. <laughs> Also, there is a Good Samaritan Clause, Rule uh, rule 115. Uh, actually, no, that is Rule 116. Well, like, participants a Good Samaritan Clause? Yep. You fucking what, mate? Participants are responsible for notifying the organizers at the earliest opportunity of any form of cheating... Gameplay or gamesmanship or gaining an unfair advantage by any other participant they stitches know get of. Stitches. You have to get on the phone. Get you have to get on the phone if someone's corner cutting in front of you and you get you get special treatment, bruh. <laughs> Kevin Siggy, newly minted prospective Formula E test driver in this field. Mm-hmm. It's it, looking it, it good. Looks looking like a great uh, field. For uh, this field race. I field hope everything good. goes smoothly. Because R Factor Two is famously little bit unstable, little bit unstable, about yeah, as stable as my like, internet before today. Thank you, Comcast. It wouldn't have looked as pretty, but they should have just used the original R Factor, right? Hey, good luck to them. Someone get a 1970 Lamar mod on there. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh man. So we did we did pick out who we all wanted to win in terms of cars in this race. 
I just want there to be a good race. I, I haven't got yeah, a look. I, I haven't got a look in this fight. I do. I do want to see. Porsche is running a special livery because it is their 50th anniversary of their first Le Mans win. So they're That's running right. special liveries on all four of their virtual cars, which is a little weird. Eh. But you take what you can get at this point in this uh, this bitch of an earth we live on right now. My goodness. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, King, I wonder who you're cheering for. Are you going to still cheer for your uh, de- departed team chatters? <laughs> Yeah, it's Team Habsburg now. He's taking over. <laughs> it's team it is, Habsburg no, now. <laughs> it is Team Shaq. It is Team Shed. <laughs> team. Okay. Shed. Okay. I, I. I. have. I have another bet here. If. If Team Habsburg wins, King has to sing the opening theme song to Shaft on next week's program. <laughs> especially. Okay. Especially with that beard. <laughs> Oh man, this beer's not gonna be here next week. <laughs> oh, it will. <laughs> we can wait a little <laughs> bit longer. <laughs> I want you singing Shaft on next week's program. I'll even, su- I- I- you know what? I'll-, oh I'll even add the backup vocals myself if it happens. Oh, oh no! I can't. I can't even. I can't even just like. I just want there to be a good race. I'm not even going to go full on Alonzo stand mode. Let's go. Yeah, I, I just let's want... go Habsburg. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want the race to go smoothly. The ACO needs some kind of win with the yeah. kind of clusterfuck that they've been for the past couple years. And everything's set up between the drivers and the rule book in place to at least produce a functional event. R Factor, please don't um, let us down. Yeah, also looking at the schedule. Don't know how no one noticed this beforehand, but I just realized why Jamie Chadwick can't take part in this race. Because the uh, three-hour test race clashes with the W Series eSports event. How dare she take W Series over Lamar? Honestly, I thought was going to be because Kill King was taking her out for dinner. It was going to be a nice romantic candlelit exercise bike session. If we were recording, session. I would kick. <laughs> the right is, this a, is this a good? Is this a good bombshell to end it on? Yes, it and is. Because I want to kick Dre right now. <laughs> that sounds like code. Anyway, <laughs> that's all this. Oh, I've just I've died and come back to life. Before King kills uh, me, um, I'd just like to say thanks everyone for listening in. Um, basically, you can find us real quick, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, or on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, or on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101, our personal handles at uh, Harrison101HD, and RJ O'Connell, at C Buckley uh, 917 and at Ryan Eric Chatters. Um, and if you want to find us financially, you can on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, you can $5 gets you earn access to all of our shows, $10 gets you the supporters club of our Discord server. You can listen to these shows live as they go out, and you can see King's block button as we speak. It's a beautiful button, it really is. Just, just don't push it. Um, <laughs> give, give it another 30 seconds, please. Um, <laughs> I've been Andre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Cam Buckley, and a very disgruntled Ryan Eric King. <laughs> Until next week, enjoy Virtual Lamont, and we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> I've just Later. witnessed a murder. <laughs> uh, Later, y'all, I guess. <laughs>